dumping the contents of my last trunk onto the floor. I wanted to shriek. I checked again and again, ripping at petticoats, throwing gowns into the air in my suite at the Osborne Hotel. Nothing. Madame, it's not here. Madame. Shaking my head, I blocked Zephyrine's reasonable words. My jewels had to be here. A bag with emeralds, diamonds, and rubies, along with a cluster of gold coins, items I'd risked my life smuggling out of a tea, needed to be wrested from its hiding place. The insurance of being able to pay our way in this strange new land couldn't vanish. I'll... I'll search again, I said in a voice, breaking with tears. Turning to my weathered portmanteau, something I'd gotten from my sister during my captivity. I hunted and hoped. More tossed silks flopping to the ground like ghosts. More bruising of my knuckles slapping along the bottom of an empty trunk. More punishing fear rocking and shredding my insides. My maid grabbed my wrists and pulled me to the burgundy tapestry, the covering used to warm the cold floor. It's stolen, Marin. Wet streaks drizzled down Zephyrine's brown cheeks to the front of her white bib apron, prim and pressed and resolute in her service to me. My friend awaited orders from her sovereign. I'm not that anymore. I'm no longer a queen. Flattened, pulsing, wanting to grab onto something real, I stilled my hands. I'm just Madame Christophe, nothing more. My finger sank deeper into the softness of the woven silk, the colorful Indian rug. I could picture the care and labor it had cost to produce this treasure upon a loom. But I had to clutch, to claw at something, something I could fight. It's not here. Zephyrine sniffled, then gulped a breath. We've checked and checked. The necklace says the bracelets and the pins are gone. She was right. We had nothing. Nothing to sell to pay for food or these fancy lodgings. No rings, no pearls, not even my favorite emerald pieces. The yellow satin bag with all the valuables that the man I loved, my king, had given me had disappeared. Turning from her, I wanted to pretend nothing had happened. But I lived through so many things I wanted to wish away. Couldn't this merely be another nightmare? We? Exile to Europe was to be salvation, renewal. I wanted to pray, but God wouldn't hear an angry woman. My life, my fairy tale life of being picked from obscurity to reign over a nation, all had been torn away. The evidence of that other life, my jewels, some thief had stolen. But we had lived it. We'd been wealthy and happy and royal. Madame, how will we survive? 
to be robbed of your treasures means ruin. At Lombard House, fruit grow on trees. A beggar can eat in the jungle. Back to it. Barely existing. Surrounded by armed guards, hoping their fickle leader won't execute what remains of the people I love. No. I covered my mouth, wanting to erase my words from the air. No one needed to know how helpless I felt in my beloved Haiti. Ever since I left my parents' care, I'd stood on my own, grown up fast, outlived rebellions and kept my babies safe in the wilderness. A robbery couldn't be the thing that destroyed me. Fury roiled in my gut. The dread, the fear I'd kept to myself, exploded, quaking my insides, flooding my face like a turbulent river. I dug into a pile of clothes, strangling a shift like it was the robber or the man who ended my kingdom. Madame, my maid said, you've shown the pieces to Monsieur Wilberforce. He was to help you sell some to get money. He'll visit tomorrow. Wouldn't he know what to do? The creamy hem of a discarded dress became a handkerchief. Taking my time, I dabbed at my face, letting the soft lace soothe my skin. I don't know. I mumbled more scared words and swallowed tears. I just don't know. Zephyrine pulled me to her shoulder. How could this happen? Have we not been careful? I hadn't been showy but I'd worn my bracelet over my morning drape. The gold had surely caught a criminal's eyes. Reclaiming my posture, the etiquette Lord Limonade, the Haitian court's protocol master, had ingrained, I sat up straight and fingered the scuffed lock on my trunk. It's been gouged. Someone came into our rooms, pried this open, and stole my valuables. This crime was blatant, occurring during the day, perhaps when we'd gone downstairs to sup. Did he think we'd not notice? Or did she assume no one would help the poor exile, the foreigner? We'll not let them win, Zephyrine. Monsieur Wilberforce will help. The hotel maids. She wiped at her eyes. Perhaps they saw something. Only the Osborne staff had access to enter. Zephyrine began picking up the clutter I'd created. At least Eblon saw the diamonds and emeralds in your possession. He'll be believed. Otherwise, no one here would think a black could have such finery. Her words kicked me in the gut. Bang, I sank again to the floor. My stomach pushed flat. Air gushed out of my mouth. I wept, wept as hard as when the kingdom fell. Unprotected, 
My girls, my household, and I were in a place of danger, where skin color was more important than truth. The safe black world we'd built was gone. A week had dragged by since the theft of my property. The manager of the Osborne Hotel seemed apologetic, and in his blue eyes I saw embarrassment. Dignitary stayed at this place. He begged Wilberforce to give him a chance to make inquiries. Leaning by a window, looking out at the Thames, I noted the fog had lifted. In below, that meant sunshine. Here, it held no meaning. The temperature might barely rise. The humidity and heat of my lush home would be another lost memory. Chastising myself for my complaints, I reached for my wrist, the empty spot where my emerald should be sitting. I was lucky to be here, lucky to be alive, lucky to have brought with me my daughters and my loyal attendants, Zephyrine and Suleiman. How would I lead them when our escape to London had gone so wrong? Going to their bedroom door, I peeked at the girls sleeping together on a single mattress, snuggled in warm bedclothes, piled under blankets, in a world that, for the moment, wasn't moving, wasn't rocking or shifting like international alliances. I merely watched them breathe. I checked on them several times throughout the night as if goblins might steal them too. There should be more beds, holding more of my family. If the kingdom had to end, we all should be exiled from Haiti. Leaving this suite like a silent mouse, I crept down the stairs. Suleiman waited at the bottom, no flintlock rifle, but a cane in his hands. His scowl menaced. The large bags under his eyes declared he hadn't slept either. I dared not look in the mirror. The papers once called me Henri's old black wife. I'd surely aged thirty years since the kingdom fell. Suleiman, are you well? Peu importe. Non. Don't matter. I failed. He beat at his chest. I let them thieve you. He talked fast, using bits of Creole and French. Again, he pounded his white shirt. I should have been with the trunks. Patadouéjean. Should have never taken my eyes off your treasures. No one could watch everything forever couldn't even stare at a son wishing for his safety or comfort him when darkness came. I took a handkerchief from my pocket and gave it to Suleiman. He was twenty-eight, an age my victor would never see. You had to eat. Seeing two maids is not one of your duties. It is now. He wiped at his nose which had just made a trumpet noise. Madame Christophe, forgive me.
Pardonne-moi. Placing a palm to the shoulder of the jacket a naval officer had given him to wear, I caught his eyes. Suleiman? This is not your fault. I forgot that we cannot let our guard down. Just because we don't see bayonets doesn't mean the enemy is at rest. I will find this thief, madame. I'll hang him upside down. They will be... No. We don't rule here and have no authority. We are barely making our way. Promise me, Suleiman. I can't fret about you and the girls and a hundred other things. Leaning on his cane, one he carved and notched with lost faces, he bowed to me. As you wish, Marin. Unlike with Zephyrin, I didn't have the strength to admonish him. The new president of Haiti wasn't around to hear and issue new orders to kill my surviving family or me. We're little more than refugees. The Archbishop has money my husband sent for me. When we gain access, we'll no longer be destitute. His hands dropped to his sides, strong, rock-hurling arms. Madame, I believe no blanc priest here any more than I believed Brel in Caponry. I'm prepared to fight. I won't let my queen be in rags. My sister, dear Cecile, once said there was honesty in poverty. No, the truth? Poverty made one naked, vulnerable and dependent. It would leave the royal Christophs easy prey to be shunned. We had no shield. I had to become one. I've led us here. I'll protect you, all of us. I will get strong. My lameness won't prevent it, I promise. He grumbled more, mouthing sentiments like my husband, my chivalrous Henri about keeping women safe. Then retook his seat. Suleiman's unsmiling countenance looked frightful, as if he were readying to attack a new band of robbers. They wouldn't appear yet. A.T.'s new president and my jewel thief might be in league, working to torment me, but they'd need time to strike again. <laughs>